Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Tulsa, Oklahoma, and... Um... And honestly, I, I, I just, uh, I'm not sure why we haven't acknowledged it and celebrated it in our church. But beginning today, this past Friday, June 19th is Juneteenth. We, we will now acknowledge and celebrate Juneteenth um, going forward as long as I'm the pastor here. Because just like we celebrate July 4th, um, the historical importance and context of Juneteenth and actually all of us having the ability to be free. And as the video said, we still have a long ways to go, but, but we will acknowledge and honor Juneteenth because July 4th is a great day for our country, but not for everyone in our country. There's, there's many that look at July 4th and say, <laughs> that's great for you, that wasn't so great for my ancestors. And so, um, so I hope you had a great Juneteenth on Friday. It feels like this year it's gotten a lot more publicity. You know, some people are even trying to take credit for making it famous, which um, uh, we'll leave that alone because that has nothing to do with what we're here for today. But, um, but you know, I, I pray that not just this time be a time of... Um, of conversation and even prayer, but I, I pray that for all of us, this, especially this time in our country, that it be a season for us to learn, to hear from God and learn from each other, especially those who, who maybe don't understand or who, those who, who view things differently than we do. Before I move on from this, let me, can I ask you something um, just, just between us? Uh, that this isn't going out to the internet world right now. Can y'all pray for uh, the pastors, especially in our town, that pastor predominantly white churches. Would y'all mind this week praying for them? Um, many of them have reached out to me, and because they've spoken up on the injustices and the racism that everyone's talking about right now, they're they're having. Um, many of them are are losing members or getting a lot of pushback, and and they're standing strong in what they believe God wants them to do and say. And, I'm just, uh, they've asked me to pray for them, and I'm just asking you to, to pray for them. Uh, we're not going to call any out or anything like that, but, um, man, if you guys would this week, just, just take a moment and lift them up in prayer. Uh, and, man, I am so glad that Juneteenth happened. I am so glad those Union soldiers came to Galveston and made sure that everybody was free. You know, gosh, this is way longer than I wanted it to be. We talked about it in our staff meeting. They're like, Pastor, how long are you going to do this? I was like, ah, it's not going to be long, but y'all know me. So, so in, in this, um, you know, I've, I've heard over the years that many times it was the Union soldiers that came and told, you know, the ranchers that the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. And this was them finding out that they were freed. But I had a, a, a pastor friend of mine who, um, who he knows everything about history. It's amazing. And, and he said, no, 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 that's ridiculous. They had to have known this was when the Union soldiers came and enforced it. 
and made them free their slaves. It wasn't that they didn't know. This narrative that they didn't know was just a narrative to try to make them look good and keep face. I don't know enough about history to know that or not. It made sense to me because he was like, they would have been fighting and they would have known they lost. Um, Whatever the case is in the historical context of that, I'm just glad that it actually happened. I'm glad that there is no more slavery. I'm glad that I was able to marry my wife and have our kids because of many things, but Juneteenth. So I honor God and what he did on Juneteenth, and I sometimes, okay, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I'm going to move on, because I could make the rest of the service about that. Uh, um, yeah, but, but we will honor that and acknowledge that from, from here on out, for sure. Uh, if you'd like to give this morning, um, there's an offering envelope in the seat pocket in front of you. If you want to give that way, we're not going to pass a bucket Uh, But you can give that way and you can place it. There's a gold box outside in the lobby that you can put it in before you leave today. But as always, you can give uh, via text. You can text 512-520-0185 and you can give by either typing tithes or offering plus the amount that you'd like to give. Um, Or you can give on our website at faithfullifeaus.com. And man, I just, I want to reiterate what I said last week. You guys have just been so generous through the coronavirus and through everything that's happening in our country, Um, so much so that not only was the church taken care of, but we were able to be a blessing uh, to families during that time who were able to come here and receive meals every night, Monday through Friday. And so not only were we able to open our doors and allow that to happen, but we actually were able to financially give to that organization, Boys to Men of God, who was able to provide those meals. So, man, I just want to say thank you to you guys. You guys are always amazingly generous. You overflow in a wealth of generosity, and I know that that will continue. So let me pray for our, our offering and our tithes. Lord, we thank you so much for uh, just blessing us so that we can able, we'll be able to return the tithe and to give above and beyond. God, I pray that you would multiply our generosity back into our lives so that we can be even more generous and so that more people can know you and be empowered to follow after you. God, as you bring increase financially into our lives, I pray that we would be led by your spirit to know what it is that we are to do, what part of our increase is harvest and what part of it is another seed. God, where you'd like for us to apply it, where we invest it, where we save it. God, I thank you that your desire is for us to have finances, not so that we can be great, but so that we can do great things for your kingdom, so that we can be a blessing everywhere that we go and that we would never lack, so that our prayers can be focused on doing your will and not on receiving things of this world. God, we love you and we honor you and we thank you for it. I pray that as we open your word, that you would speak directly to us that we would hear it, we would understand it, and we would know how to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this morning obviously is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day to all of the fathers. Happy Father's Day to all of the soon-to-be fathers. And happy Father's Day to all of those who will one day in the future become fathers. You know, as uh, I was praying and preparing this week for this message, Um, This was really unique for me because normally God will give me a message and I'll have notes and I'll have an outline and the whole deal. Uh, This morning, I I wasn't really sure what I was going to preach until we were driving here. 
Um, and so this is a little unusual for me, but I believe that God wants to speak to the fathers this morning. Um, and I, I think about our church and I think about so many um, single moms in our church, uh, so many moms who are in our church and the, and the dads aren't really connected to the church. And, and I pray for those moms, those single moms and those moms whose um, their husbands are not, not, not connected in that way. But I also think so much of the amazing fathers we have in this church. I, I mean, I was just thinking about, you know, the fathers who are raising children that aren't biologically theirs. The, the fathers who are stepping up and stepping into situations um, and, and raising kids like their, their own, even though they're not biologically theirs. I, I think about the fathers who are doing an amazing job with their kids, even though their father was, didn't do an amazing job in their lives. You know, I, I think about the fathers whose kids are grown and out of the house, and you can see some of the fruit of their leadership. And I think about some of the, the newer fathers who, <laughs> they're just trying to get some sleep at night. <laughs> um, I, I think about the fathers that we've prayed for and have become fathers, some of whom even miraculously. You know, I, I think about some of the fathers right now who's who've just lost their sons and whose sons are in the hospital right now, in this very moment. I, I think about the fathers who are disconnected from their family, not because they want to, but because of other reasons. You know, I, I remember the fathers um, that maybe started out not doing this right but now have grown closer to God and are doing everything they can to be a godly father and a godly leader. I think about all those who we're praying for right now to become fathers, even those where the doctors have said that this isn't possible or the circumstances have said, yeah, um, this is very unlikely. I believe that they will also be fathers. And I know that they will be amazing fathers. I think of the fathers who are raising boys, <laughs> the challenges that come along with raising boys. I think of the fathers who are raising only girls. And Terrell, I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> I, I think of the fathers that are raising boys and girls. And I believe that this morning God wants us to look and go back to the beginning, to see the relationship that he had with Adam. Because he is, God is our father, whether your father was one of these amazing fathers or one of these fathers who didn't show up or, or showed up but you wish he didn't. <laughs> or somewhere in between. Uh, I, God is our father, and I believe that this morning God wants us to look at the way that God f 
fathered Adam. Now, we don't know all of the details, but what Genesis does show us, we're going to look at some of that this morning. So, Genesis chapter 1, I want to begin in verse 26. Um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the, living, over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, there's a lot in this, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to move past this. But in, in Father's Day fashion, um, <laughs> I don't know if this is really a dad joke, but uh, one of the things I find myself saying all the time is when my kids get, like, they see a bug or something, they're like, ah. I'm like, listen, you have dominion over everything that creeps and everything that flies. And they're like, oh, dad, I know. But it's a spider. Moving on. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, God creates man, and then we see in verse 28, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food and it was so. And God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. And that was, and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Here, God makes man and then what he does is he blesses that man. And one of the first things that we see as God fathering Adam, is that he blesses him. As fathers, we need to be fathers who bless our children. And if your father is not someone who blessed you, then you can look to your heavenly father, and he absolutely positively desires and wants to and will bless you. But as fathers... We should always be praying and looking and searching for opportunities to be a blessing to our children. There's many ways that this can happen. This can happen financially. This can happen with um, our gifts. This can happen with our talents. This can happen with our wisdom. There's many ways that this can happen. But then God doesn't just bless Adam. Then he goes on to tell him to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. He gives Adam purpose. He gives him purpose. We see this throughout the Old Testament especially, but we even see this into the life of Jesus where it is the father who names the children. You know, in the Old Testament, it's the father who names the children. Now, sometimes God the father would come in and name a child but it was the father's responsibility to name the child because a name wasn't just something that the two of you liked or agreed upon. A name meant something. A name was, was um, almost prophetic in the purpose and the direction of that child's life, especially the boys. It is the father, not just now, that needs to name or pick a name, but it is the father, especially to the sons, who needs to help them find their purpose, needs to impart 
purpose into their child's lives, needs to be so connected with their father, God, that it is the father and the dad who impart purpose into the children. I'm not discounting the role of the mother. I'm just speaking today to the fathers here. God blessed them, and then he gave purpose to them. We see down, if we go to to chapter 2, God gives us another account that the Lord formed the man of the dust and breathed into his nostrils, then plants him in the garden of Eden. When you get to chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. From the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So here, God as a father is giving Adam instructions. He's saying, okay, here's where you are. Here's what you need to know. As fathers, we need to give our children guidance and instruction. We need to teach them the things that God has taught us. We need to teach them the ways in which they need to go and the ways that they don't need to go. We need to make sure that we give them everything that we have and everything that God has given us as far as our wisdom, as far as our knowledge, as far as the things that God has put on the inside of us, the things that we see in them, the blessing and the purpose, it must come with instruction. Because to, to bless our children without any instruction is dangerous. And God doesn't do that. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't bless you without instruction. Whenever he blesses you, he blesses you with instruction. Now, the instruction may not be complete. He may bless you and say, go to a land that I will show you. He, he, may, he, he may bless you in a way where you're like, God, I don't know all of the instruction of this, but whenever he blesses you, he gives you the instruction that you need. And as fathers, we need to be men who step in and in our blessing, give the instruction. Uh, Isaiah, my oldest is sitting in here now, and um, I, I try to do everything I can to be a blessing to him. One of the things that we've done since he was little is I'll, I'll put him behind the wheel of a car and let him steer. Now, hold on, hold on. Even those we all with masks, I saw your eyes get really big. I, I, he, think, he thought he was steering when he was really little, but he wasn't really. Out. His hands were up here, my hands were down here. We were in a parking lot. That was, it was fine. Put your rocks down. But over the years... You know, he'll, he'll get in the front seat with me, and, and he'll be able to steer. And now his brothers and sisters do it every once in a while. Um, and, and I'm getting them used to being able to, to handle a car and to drive. And also, it's really fun, and my dad did it with me. Until one day, my dad let me actually put my feet on the gas, and I didn't know the difference between the gas and the brake. And so I ran straight over a curb at about 30 miles an hour, and uh, busted all four tires, and we were there for a few hours because back then it wasn't easy to get help. But Isaiah knows how to steer. He's responsible. He, he could, if, somebody, if he could reach the pedals and see over the steering wheel, he could drive a car right now. But, you know, if I just gave him a car, if I just gave him my car, like, if, hey, Isaiah, happy Father's Day, I'm giving you my car. 
And I didn't give him any instruction. I didn't teach him how to drive it. I didn't teach him where the gas and the brake was. I didn't teach him what that, that red sign with the stop on it means. If I didn't teach him that yellow means go faster. Through, no, no, yellow means <laughs> slow down and stop if you can. You know, if I didn't give him instruction with that, then that blessing wouldn't be a blessing. It would be extremely dangerous to him and to other people. And, and there's sometimes what fathers do is we, we give a blessing, but we don't give the instruction. But when God gives a blessing, he gives an instruction. And as fathers, as good fathers, we need to make sure that we're blessing our kids, that, that we're leading them towards purpose, the purposes that God has for them, but that we're giving them instructions, instructions on how to love God, how to worship God, how to pray, how to read your Bible, how to live this out, how to handle your finances, how to do your best in everything that you do, how to, how to study well, how to be kind to other people. All of these things, we need to give them instruction because that instruction accompanies the blessing. The other thing that God does in these verses, he says, all right, first of all, he gives him another blessing with, hey, I've given you Everything here is for you except for this one thing. And here, this is God giving Adam a boundary. And if you don't know, your kids need a boundary or two. They actually thrive with boundaries. It's when we don't give them boundaries that we often face more problems than we need to. And as fathers, it is our role, not our role um, solely, but it is our role to make sure that our children have boundaries because God consistently does that with us. He did that with Adam here. Like, hey, all of this is yours. It's, you, you have a blessing. But this one thing, this is a boundary you need to make sure you stay away from. He, he continues that, right? He, he gives us um, his spirit to be able not just to lead us into what to do, but also to give us boundaries in what not to do. This is how Christianity has gotten so mixed up with people um, believing that this is something, a bunch of rules of what not to do. But in actuality, it's this same pattern where God says, you have freedom, but I need to give you this one boundary. I need to give you this small boundary. And we do, like Adam does, where we blow up the boundary. It's like, everybody, don't look over there. Don't look over there. And even right now, you know you want to look over there, <laughs> right? This is human nature. This is the, uh, what we do. But God gives a boundary. And we need to make sure that as fathers that we're giving our children, especially our sons, but even our daughters, godly boundaries. And you know what? If Adam would have said, but God, I don't like this boundary. I don't know why this boundary has to be here. Why do I got to go to bed at a certain time? Well, you got to go to bed at a certain time so me and your mom can stay married. <laughs> oh, y'all don't know that one. Like, that's mom and dad time. That's why. The... <laughs> why can't I eat whatever I want to eat? <laughs> because you got to make it to your 21st birthday. You know, why can't I just sit here and play video games all day and watch TV all day? There's reasons for these boundaries that we need to make sure that we put into place. Why is it that we have to go to church? 
(laughs) Why is it that we have to worship? Why is it that we have to pray? Like there are things that our children won't understand and whether or not they push back, it does not matter. We need to put in place the godly boundaries because we see God give us an example of this is how he fathered Adam. Whether Adam pushed back or not didn't matter. God gave the boundary and Adam's responsibility was to, to obey that boundary. We know that Adam didn't do a good job of that. And if your, your kids are any older than a few, well, no, even if they're babies, you know, they don't do a good job of uh, adhering to all of our boundaries at all times. This reminded me of, of the uh, story um, of the prodigal son. If you don't know the story of the prodigal son, I don't have time right now, but the, the prodigal son comes to his father and says, hey, give me my inheritance while you're still living. He, he goes out, he squanders it all. Um, and, he, and then a famine hits, which if you ever notice, <laughs> whenever you go out and squander things, the famine usually follows. This is why we get the phrase, like, when it rains, it pours, <laughs> right? Like, if it can go wrong, it does go wrong. Well, sometimes that means you went and squandered what you had, and then there was a, not all the time, but this famine comes. The prodigal son realizes, like, man, this isn't, like, I'm running out of stuff. I don't have anything. And then he goes and... And he, and he hires himself out. Then you guys know the story. Then he like comes to himself and he's like, I'm going to go back to my father. He comes back to his father and his father welcomes him. His father throws him a party. His father honors him. His father restores him. And, and the story is the, the father is God and, and we are the prodigal sons. We see that as sons even that we often get off track and we don't obey the boundaries or the commands or the instructions of our father, our natural father, or, and or our heavenly father. And let me say this to the fathers. When your kids miss it, when they don't obey the instructions, when they don't obey the boundaries, there is discipline, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But know this, God always forgives and restores and loves Always, And that's a model and that's a picture for us as fathers especially. So they, they, they got away from it. They, they sinned. Um, verse 7 of Genesis chapter 3 uh, says, Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. This is after Adam and Eve had, had sinned against God. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Let me say this here. Here, this is clear that this wasn't the first time that God had shown up and walked with them in the garden. This is something that God did. Once God created Adam, we see that God is with Adam. He's talking to him. He's giving him instructions. He's giving him boundaries. He, he gives him, he empowers him to name all the animals. He, he, he's, his presence is constantly there. If I had a title for this Father's Day message, it would be the presence of a father is greater than the presence of a father. God blessed Adam. He gave him gifts in the earth, in life. He gave him instruction. He gave him boundaries. But you know the greatest thing God gave Adam was his presence, was God being there with him, 
Was God walking and talking with Adam? Was God being there alongside him? And God loved Adam so much that in the beginning when he was doing that with Adam and he was just with Adam and he saw that Adam needed more, he was selfless enough to give Adam a help me. Because think about it, when, when, when God says this is not good that man should be alone, man wasn't alone, God was with Adam. But God loved him so much, he said, you need something else and I'm willing to be selfless to give it to you. But the greatest gift that God gave Adam was his presence. The greatest gift that we as fathers will give to our children will not be a bike on their birthday or some extravagant gift at Christmas. It will not be this, this um, new car when they're 16 or an iPhone or whatever it is. And Isaiah's over there like, Dad, it'll come pretty close. The greatest gift that we can give to our children is our presence. It's our presence. Before we had Isaiah, my wife was nervous about having kids. You may know the story. Her, her dad made a lot of mistakes. And she was nervous about being a parent. And one of the things that God just told me in that moment and showed me so clearly <laughs> is that, listen, we don't have to be perfect parents. We don't have to know all the answers. We don't have to get it right. But God will use us as parents because we will always be there. We will always be there. I can't imagine not being in my kids' lives. I can't fathom it. My heart hurts for the fathers in this church who also can't imagine it but are forced to live it. You know, it's no coincidence that Satan has used the, the tactic of dividing fathers from children. It's not a coincidence that the lack of fatherhood and leadership is prevalent in our country right now. And that's not always because of the decisions of the fathers. I'm not talking about the women. I'm just saying Satan has brought situations into the lives of families to divide and conquer, to steal, kill, and destroy. It's what he does. But the Old Testament ends with Malachi prophesying that God will send a prophet like Elijah to come and turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers. Why? Because the presence of a father is so vitally important that you can get a hundred things wrong, but just being there, God can use that to do miraculous things in our kids' lives. I believe that this is why God repeatedly says and did what he did to show us that he never leaves us and he never turns his back on us. That the greatest gift he gives us is his presence. 
not just while we're here on earth, but for eternity. If you don't know, the goal uh, is to get to heaven. The prize of heaven is not the streets paved with gold. It's not the mansion. It's not even the no more sickness or disease or bills. The prize of heaven is being in the presence of God. Let me, let me end with this. I read this story <laughs> of, um, I believe it was John Quincy Adams, and he was journaling, and his son was also journaling at the time. His son was younger. And there's a day where they go fishing, and they go fishing all day long. And John Quincy Adams writes in his journal, today I went fishing with my son, it was a completely wasted day. And I don't know if this story's true or not. I just read this somewhere. They take that same journal entry of the same day from his son. And his son says, today I went fishing with my dad. It was the best day of my life. As fathers in this room, never underestimate your presence. Yes, God wants us to instruct, lead, set boundaries, discipline. He, he wants all those things from us. But if you miss all of that and you're there, and I don't just mean physically there, but you're there. You're listening. You're putting your phone down. You're paying attention. You're, 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 you're participating. Can I tell you, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to get it all, you don't have to always get it right. I'll never forget when my wife was nervous about that and I said, honey, we'll be there. And the reason that I could say that is because my dad never taught me how to change a tire, <laughs> never taught me how to do anything. Isaiah, don't tell your brothers and sisters. My, my, my eight-year-old thinks I can fix anything. He thinks I'm like a handyman. He has no idea. Isaiah knows. He doesn't know. The other day, he gave me something to fix. I literally took it. I looked at it. It looked like it worked. I gave it back to him, and he goes, thanks, Dad. I literally didn't do a thing. <laughs> he thinks I fixed it, and I'm going with that. But the reason that I was able to say to my wife, as long as we're there, God will use us. Is because my dad, he didn't teach me much of anything. Not, not sitting me down and having a discussion with me. Birds and the bees? Nope. The talk? Nope. Definitely not. Never even heard of that until I was grown. How to change a tire? How to date a girl? How to handle money? Nothing. But you've heard me talk about my dad. I think my dad is the greatest man to ever live, apart from Jesus. I love my dad. You know what my dad did? He went to every game. <laughs> he took a train across the country <laughs> to get my car, to drive my car back across the country so I could have my car for three days when I was in college on Christmas break. And yes, we only got three days for Christmas break. My, my dad, he, he would, he, when I was in high school, <laughs> I would not recommend this. This is not great parenting. He didn't even have a checking account. So, I was the only checking account. 
So his paycheck went into my checking account, which means I gave him an allowance. <laughs> Again, not great parenting, but I'm, I'm showing, like my dad was there. He was there. And at times I felt like he was there too much. But I look back now, and I don't care that he didn't teach me whatever he didn't teach me. I don't care that he didn't hug me every day or give me a kiss every day. He wasn't able to do that. But he was able to be there. And because he was there, just because he was there, any day with my dad is a great day. I'm so thankful to pastor a group of men who are there for their families, who are there for their children. And I want to challenge you to continue to be there. Your presence is greater than any gift you'll ever give them, any instruction that you'll ever leave with them, any inheritance. Do all those things and do them well. But keep showing up. Keep being there. God never leaves you. He never turns his back on you. And we are not men who leave our children or turn our back on our children. Let me pray for us before we go. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.